Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Welcome back to the boys 161st Street episode 222 today is August 15th excuse me uh the Yankees dropped the series against the Red Sox but I was at the lake so <laughs> that's cool that's good that's better news than than the Yankees being uh, a bad baseball team so how was everybody else's weekend well, actually, oh, me and Chandler cut up this weekend. We went to a blues and barbecue festival. How was that? Yeah. It, was, it, was it was incredible, so except it was incredibly disorganized. Okay. Um, so we were waiting online for about three hours for food, but we had beer on the way. So it was good. And good, good music. Mu- good music. We played the round 18. Absolutely crushed. Did you I was crush? Very jealous did of, not uh, crush. Did not weekend. crush. Very, very poor. We played very poorly. Ball, but someone shot a thirty-one. Yeah, in a park that was. <laughs> Short game's on. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, Yankees ruined it on Sunday night, though. So that was fun. I was all kind of jazzed. I was like, Sunday night baseball. Maybe they'll get back in the stride. Whatever. No, nothing. If you thought we were winning Sunday night baseball, especially with the K Rod Jeter broadcast going on, <laughs> oh my God! Why did we not? No right. fucking shot that we were winning. Chandler, did you watch that broadcast? Because I couldn't keep it on for more than a few minutes. Like it was so bad. A Rod is. I can't listen to A Rod anyway. But him and Jeter no, in the same room together for the first time since they retired. I just can't like. Dude, you can kind of just tell that Jeter still doesn't like A-Rod. Like, I know they, like, <laughs> cashed out or whatever, and the documentary was, like, a step or, you know, whatever. And Did you see that you know, one they're, comment? They're, like, on good terms, but, like, every time A-Rod started talking, Jeter just looked at him, like... Well, he, he like, didn't make eye contact, it seemed like. And did you see that one comment of, or the clip that kind of went semi-viral with him talking about Tatis and how, like, he... What he wishes that everybody else who like all the younger players that are really good would just learn from his bonehead mistakes of which it wasn't like a bad comment, but when G, when he was saying that Jeter was just kind of just like looking forward and just like by probably biting his tongue like yeah you fucking cheater and, and then he made, he mentioned something something about yeah I'm never gonna make the Hall of Fame and I gotta tell I gotta tell my kids that and all that it was actually kind of sad a little bit but it was like it's it's a shame it almost makes me cry when uh, guys like Tatis are just ruining throwing their careers away which. None of that was was incorrect. Like it is sad to see that happen because Tatis is one of the most exciting players in baseball. But I don't know. Just Jeter did not seem like he was having fun sitting there next to A Rod. No, and I was has more home runs than Tatis this year. That's true. (laughs) I was flipping back and forth between the two, and they one they weren't even showing half the game on the K Rod cast. It was basically just like 
the Michael K show interviewing Jeter and a rod. And they like kind of threw a couple at bats up there. So you're missing half the game. There was like a whole half inning where the Yankees were pitching and they didn't even show a clip. Like they didn't show any of the live. It was just a special, like, it, it, I don't know. I'll, I'll say and it. We've, we've had enough of a sample size of this up. stuff. I really don't like the, the, like the Manning cast, the K rod cast. I've never been a fan I, of it. I don't it's like ESPN. any of those. It's ESPN. Same old. I don't like ESPN. It's just them trying to get a different audience in, but I don't know who that audience is because nobody knows. Nobody cares about Jeter or A Rod being the booth that doesn't already like baseball. Exactly, and those people that are now watching that want to watch the game. Like they're already there to watch the game, not to watch. I guess like if they wanted to watch Jeter and A Rod and other people talk about playing baseball, they'll go watch the the captain special. Like they won't watch. They won't watch the game. (laughs) Like I don't know. I I just I just don't like any of them and. They've know, also man. been like rumored to hate each other for like 15 years. So well, it was why would confirmed. anybody want to watch that? So what a bright idea. Let's get these two guys in a room together. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't imagine anybody would watch it for more than even if it went well, like maybe 10 minutes. And they're just like, oh, wow, they get along. Cool. Or, oh, they hate each other. Sick. And turn it off and watch the game. Who cares? I mean, if you watch the captain, like that all plays out there. So I know I get it that they were promoting the captain and that's why that happened. But. You can just tell that like Jeter still doesn't like him, and then that's what he says throughout the whole captain is like once you cross me, like you know you can't get back into that circle, and like that was the whole point of like the first few episodes of the captain, and then all of a sudden a rod's like back in it's like all right, I don't buy it anyway, so the Yankees suck. where do you want to start rather watch that than watch them play um want to just end the episode here? I can't hit a home run. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, there's something, something positive. So I, I wish I was next to Chandler when that happened because he was going nuts in our group chat. Just like, just could not stop laughing for, like, there was all caps, ha, 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 going through the group <laughs> chat. So I can only imagine how he was in real life when that happened. But he he was, it seemed like from the outside looking in that you were laughing out loud, rolling on the floor for like a solid 30 minutes after yeah, I can't hit that home run. The- there was a good uh, yeah, 30, 45 minutes probably that I was laughing. Like I, I was at the bar with Damon <laughs> watching it, hit it, and I busted out laughing, like spit my drink out laughing. <laughs> then Everybody around laughing. you probably had no fucking idea why you were laughing so much. It's like, dude, you've no. never seen a home run before? And it's like, no, you guys don't get it. Like the casual fan who doesn't listen to this podcast, which is not a very big niche because, you know, everybody listens to the podcast, but... The random people that would see you just like spitting your drink out when I camp its home run over the monster laughed, to to boot. Yeah, I laughed the entire Barely. walk home up the five flights <laughs> of stairs, sat down, turned the game back on, and it was a replay, and I just started laughing again. It's like there's no fun. I mean, I can't have won that game single handedly, yeah. which is something I never thought I would say. He had the sack bunt in the ninth too. What it was, was a two run home run, right? Yeah, yeah. What was yeah, the exit velo on that one? Ninety. It was nice. ninety point something. Given Stanton Stan to run for his money, <laughs> yeah, the, the way that he like pimped it and ran around the bases, it kind of reminded me of Boone's walk off. Not that that was at Fenway, but like I don't know the way he was running around the bases and the angle that they pointed it at IKF and like the way everybody was reacting to it, it kind of had that feel to it. I wish desperately it was a walk off because they were talking on the Sunday broadcast. I forget it might have been Coney who was like. Oh, I wish it was a walk-off because then when they gave him the silent treatment, they could have just all ran into the clubhouse and just 
left completely. <laughs> <laughs> he would have rounded yeah, on a walk off to nobody being at home. That would have been really funny. Is it crazy <laughs> to say miracle game away from losing nine out of ten? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty well. That's bad. Is that is that home run enough that to do you think to stave off some of the uh Oswald Peraza no shot? No, not not no. you, not you. I'm saying other people, Yankee because they're I, I'm I'm kind of connecting it to like the Gary supporters. Like all they need is one Gary home run and then it's like, oh, Gary's the best catcher in baseball. Like some people are I've seen some defenders of IKF. There aren't a lot, but I feel like this could start to muster up a little bit of uh uh just a dumb group of people that are Yankees fans <laughs> that are just like, see, he hit a home run. Like, see, he is batting whatever, like all this stuff. It's not all about home runs. It's not all about like the, the saber metrics and the OPS plus and all that stuff. And slugging. like, I feel like this might be enough to spark a little bit of stupidity in the Yankees community and just like not do what's right for the team. I mean, it was a, it was an 82 mile an hour change. Up. 90 Damon. <laughs> oh, the I thought fu- you meant the exit down below. the fucking middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. I, mean, I don't think he's going to the IL, but if DJ goes to the IL even for 10 days, do we see him? Does I Peraza? We'll see Cabrera because Cabrera is more of a natural. Uh, I feel like all hell is going to break loose up, if Cabrera comes up before Peraza. I mean, but you, Peraza is a shortstop. Cabrera plays. Yeah, but you can move position. IKF to third. You want a gold glove at third. That's true. I'm just, I'm just telling. Yeah, but do you want to call up your top whatever prospect? Just and send him back send down. Him right back down in 10 days. Well, we were talking about doing that anyway because he's not going to be on the playoff roster. Says who? If you get called, up, if he were to get called up now, that would be with the intention of putting him on the playoff roster. That is what I was getting at before. Like, if you were going to call him up a week ago or whatever, that is fully because he's your starting shortstop, not to give him a cup of tea in the majors. But you think if you call him yeah, up in Cabrera September, that's just the because their season's over and you need to get him more at bats and you want to get him work him in at that level. They might not even have a fucking lead by September to be able to do that. But uh, I don't know. I don't think it changes anything. Mainly, and you know, I've said this. I'm not the biggest IKF supporter in the world, but he's done. No. His, he's done his job. He is right on par with everything he's done for his entire career. So I, I think it's more of Peraza playing his way into it, but. I like that you said a cup of tea in the majors. Thanks. Never heard that saying before, but I got uh, I it. I think the bottom line of what we were talking about last week, even before things have gotten progressively worse since then, is we were talking. We were calling for Peraza anyway, and like the very simple, if DJ does go to the ten day, which it doesn't even seem like he's going to, but just theoretically, it seems like that's the baseball gods telling you, like, all right, do it. And then if he if he comes up and tears it up, find 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 room for him. But if not, stay up. Yeah, he's not going to be the guy that's going to need all his options. So use one, get him a taste. You're supposed to be bringing him up this year anyway, according to his you know ETA or whatever. So why not? I don't know. So you you briefly mentioned the DJ thing. So I'll just read the actual uh, diagnosis and give you a quick injury update. So Lemayu's day to day with a right big toe inflammation will be fitted for orthotics. And then Luis Severino as well had a great in quotes, 25 pitch bullpen session and says that he felt better than he has all season long. Where have you heard that before? Giancarlo Stanton um, is approaching BP readiness and he's almost there. So that's your quick little injury update presented by uh, Luke's mouth. So where do you, where do you, uh, where do you, where do you buy stock in any of those three injury updates? Are you worried about anyone in particular? Are you Stanton. 
him being uh, him approaching BP readiness. You're worried about what, that? what was Stan's injury again? I'm I'm worried about Stan because he was out with due to just a little fatigue and exhaustion. Like he was out of the lineup. Like he could be a bench back coming out of the All Star break. Like he was just tired, and then it was like, oh yeah, he's dead. And then it was like, no update, whatever for no. And then it was like a minor, like he'll just need the ten days max, and then he'll be back. And then there was just like radio silence for a month. So don't really trust them when it comes to Stanton. I mean, I feel like I've never trusted them when it came to Stanton. I feel like he, like he's one of those guys where like Judge really has just been so un uh, unclear about everything and been just like beat around the bush whenever they try to explain his injury to us. Dude, it's also an Achilles, go- which isn't an easy injury to navigate. No. It's like, how do you go from fatigue and exhaustion to like, yeah, I need a brand new like leg. That's <laughs> not even. <laughs> I hope that's not what happens here. Um, yeah, but it is. It is interesting, like you said, Murph. It's an Achilles, so it's hard to navigate. So I mean, you got to believe, even if he is coming back, uh, maybe this actually speeds it up a touch because he's probably not going to be rushed back to play the outfield. He's probably going to be rushed back and slotted in the DH spot. So maybe he comes back a little earlier, but at the same time, you don't want to rush him because. God forbid he gets fucking sent down again and has another injury before the playoffs. This is we're approaching playoff territory. We're I mean halfway through August here. September baseball is where you want to get your licks in before the playoffs actually starts. And um so you don't go in cold, but you know, at this point we're for free falling. Who knows? I, I just I don't <laughs> I don't, where we'll I don't be see him coming back and playing the outfield whatsoever. At all. Not until the playoffs. There's just there's no I reason to do that. NBA well, I would argue that he's Bader not gonna. Yeah. So once Bader's back, he's not gonna be playing much of the outfield no, anyway. He's not so gonna play. If you can, yeah, plug that gap. Let him get used to just DHing. I know we always say he does better when he's playing the outfield, but he's not gonna be doing that anyway. That's why we brought Bader. He, in. he legit might not play on give me outfield this yeah. year. I'll say it. I bet, yeah, and that wouldn't be for bad reason. Like that outfield of Bader, Benatendi, and Judge is gonna be a fun, fun outfield to watch. Yeah. Like anything hitting the air, I'm going to feel confident with everybody tracking it down. That's going to be, we're going to see some highlight plays out there. It's going to be fantastic. Does anybody know offhand if Stanton hit his over that we set for games played in the outfield? I think we said 50. I said 59 and a half. So I can find it here. I don't, I don't think he would have done that by now. I think uh, he may have. In the beginning of the year, he was playing like every night in the outfield. Like three, four nights in the outfield. Yeah. It's like 58 and a half. That was what it was. I said 59. Uh, he played 38. Oh, under has so been. If he didn't get hurt, he would have hit it. Yeah. I feel like we had a, I feel like we had a water bet on that, and I certainly lost it, I think. Yeah. Um, I think everybody did. I'm yeah, not, I feel I'm like not, we all wanted him to. I think we all took the over on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was on track to do that if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, minus Bader, he still could potentially hit it if he came back. But also, Bader has like a foot so. injury as well, so like that's also still up in the air if he's going to be ready to play. Yeah, but like Bader's not going to be a DH. Bader's going to come. No. They're not, when Bader comes back, he will be playing the outfield. Yes. <laughs> he's yes. not going to. So I don't know. I think it's uh, worth noting in the outfield how much they're moving away from Hicks. Like even Tim LaCastro is getting playing time over him now. So. You know, yeah. I think I think his time in pinstripes is slowly coming to an end. Uh, obviously, he's still getting at bats here and there because you kind of have to. But um, I don't know. He's I mean, he's playing fucking horribly. I think he's got one extra base hit since uh, like the middle of July. I think his last one was at Fenway, not this series, but the series before at Fenway. So, yeah, yeah I mean, a, um, when you have easy. IKF batting in front of you, it's never a good sign. 
Um, Hicks is batting ninth tonight, and IKF is batting eighth. He's useless. Right? Not not a good sign for, that for would, Hicks there. That would be the time when um, we're going to the game tonight, and that once the eight nine come up, that is the time to go to the bathroom. Yeah, those are those are bathroom <laughs> bathroom beer. Just beer circle times. just circle that part of the lineup when you hear Murderers Row duop of IKF and Aaron Hicks. Who's before him? Trevino. Trevino. Okay, so Trevino Trevino's fine, but. Then when you see those two come up, that would be the time to go get a fresh freshen up on the beer. Yeah. Go get yourself a nice bathroom trip. And then come back refreshed for the back. Top. Monday night game, <laughs> it's probably not that that long of a line. So you, you might be able it's honestly probably that. It'll take two batters probably to get back on the if pine. If it takes three, Glaber's leading off. So if it comes that's back true. around, you're still not missing much. That's true. <laughs> Dude, that's so bad. Right now we legitimately have let take a look at this. I mean, outside of Judge and DJ's hurt now too, so where are your productive spots in the lineup? Donaldson's an auto out. Judge. Torres right now is an auto out. I, I'm saying other than Judge and <laughs> Josh Donaldson, auto out. Glaber Torres, auto out. Miguel Andahar, I love him to death, but right now he's damn near an auto out. Kiner Falefa, auto ground out. Kyle Higashioka, auto out. Tim I like Lennon, how you auto specified auto <laughs> that he's I mean, auto ground out. I mean, they're also the OPS of those people that you mentioned before. Mind you, 709 is currently the league average uh, OPS. Last 15 games, Glaber, Hicks, uh, Glaber, 353. Again, 709 is the league average. Uh, 353 for Glaber, 311 for Hicks, 588 for IKF, big man. And then 532 for Andujar and 468 for LeCastro. So, uh, you just can't win games against good teams when you have six or seven holes in your lineup on a given night. Like we have six or seven holes. I would say out of those holes, legitimately three or four on any given night are a total no hope black hole. And if they get a hit, it's a shock. Like when Josh Donaldson gets a hit, I'm like, holy shit. I didn't know he still knew how to do that. He watches more fucking fastballs down the middle than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's I mean, right now we're we're full full blown in the dog days of summer, this is a team that usually gets injuries, so this is to be expected. Like, if you told me August 15th that, that our lineup would have five people like, you know, the Hicks, IKF, Andujar, LaCastro, like, I would be like, yeah, it's probably what I expected. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm super concerned. I, I would like to have everybody come back uh, with enough time to get some run in before the playoffs because we're not going to fall out of the playoffs. Hopefully. I mean, un- unless we lose every single game from here on out, but I mean, truth be told, like, yes, we've, we've won two of our last 10. Is that what the stat is? Yeah. Something ridiculous, ridiculous like that. We're still 10 games up. It could be a lot worse than it currently is right now. So I think let's, let's take a, yeah. a small positive out of a, a couple weeks of dog shit baseball. Um, yeah, I know, but like we still are ten games up. This lineup isn't the lineup that we're gonna run out in the playoffs. So hopefully, that's not. why it's kind of just like wake me up when September ends type of deal for me right now. Like I'm, I'm this. It's safe to say this is a very uninteresting section of the season that is just frankly not fun to watch. Uh, that's just because they're playing poor baseball and as they're also not. It's not the full team at full strength. So I don't know. I, I just think. I think that the. Week. The injuries also, we talked about it with the lineup, but you could make the argument that the pitching staff is way more injured than the lineup because we're missing. Yep. And not to mention, and if you want to include Marnaccio and Clark Schmidt on that, you definitely could because they're not injured, but they're not on the major league roster for God knows what reason. And the pitching is, 
I mean, yeah, we did not hit very well against Boston, haven't hit very well recently, but the pitching has been, in my opinion, the bigger issue, and that's going to be the bigger factor come October. So, yeah, I, I mean, know, I feel uh, like we kind of like circling back to those injuries we were mentioning. I'm not really worried about DJ. He's got a, a inflamed big toe. So, you know, I think he can get over that. Hopefully it's it's not this hidden uh, crazy injury that we've never heard of. He's going to be out for three years, but I think he's going to be fine. Stan Achilles, we were just mentioning kind of a toss up. Hopefully he'll be all right. So, I mean, those two are, you know, they're two huge bats in the lineup. Putting those two guys back in the way they were hitting before they went off the went out to the IL. I mean, that right there is a whole new lineup right there. And I'm not I'm not really worried about the offense, really. Um, I think Murphy had a good point. You know, we the pitching is really the pitching and more specifically the bullpen is uh, we don't have a closer. We don't have that's a closer. Right. No, that's something that needs to be talked about. <laughs> that's, that's, that is something you need to need in a in Let's a talk roster. about it. Well, yeah. So start here. You're in Boston on a Saturday night in a safe situation with Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman available in the bullpen. Holmes has been your starter all year. Chapman is Closer. probably maybe going to be a Hall of Famer if the whole thing, if the extracurriculars don't get <laughs> stats, stats <laughs> and is a Hall of Famer. Extracurriculars. <laughs> and you go to Scott Efron, nice who has one it. career save before that. Like, that was his second career save. And so you're putting him in a high-leverage spot against your division rival when your team's struggling. And he got the job done, great. But the fact that it's gotten to the point where he's even an option when the other two are available is – Shows that it's going to be a committee and anybody can close a game at this point, except for Lickie. We've never missed anybody. I would say this year more than Michael King. Absolutely. Yeah. You could also argue, I mean, I know he was horrible beforehand, but you could also make the argument Chad Green because if you're throwing that argument, but no, you can because I mean, yeah, you can't assume that he would have been falling back into how good of a reliever he had been in years prior, but. He's a guy who's been there. He's a high leverage guy. And when you can't find late guys to throw in high leverage late innings, and he's done that, you would much rather him healthy than on the 60 day. I would rather you could say the same for Britt. Any person in our bullpen, I think right now, than I would Chad Green. That's not me shitting on Chad Green. Name one person you feel less con- like who's somebody that you would have Chad Green over? Scott Efros? No. Chapman right now? No. Maybe Loisaga. That's about it. So, yeah, Loisaga, Abreu. Licky. Oh, fuck. He, I forgot Abreu was a thing. Yeah, Abreu uh, shouldn't be up here for very much longer if he keeps doing what he's doing. He should be... It's a shame that he doesn't have options because obviously he would have gone down before Marinaccio, but he was your best reliever and he's pitching in Scranton and that can't be the case. Yeah. So if... Yeah. I mean, that's what we talked about at length on the last episode is that the best 26 people are not up right now. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. You can't play like shit, have injuries, play uninspired, just kind of bad, lazy uninterested baseball and not have your best players up. If you're going to do like, if you're going to play like shit, at least field the best roster you can. I mean, fuck. Man. When and you're that- blowing games night in and night out and two of your best relievers are fucking in Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. I know it's true. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I that's true it. in general because, you know, we've talked about pros and everything, but the bullpen is where that's the biggest issue. And that's the biggest problem of the team right now. And no shit, your bullpen's not going to do well when two of your better relievers all season are pitching for Scranton. Find a way to get him back up. 
Do you, do you think there? Do you think we'll um, like I I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I always try, but it's getting ridiculous at this point. Like, where do you where like the the upper man like not upper management? God, I've had a front long office. I've had a long day. Um, <laughs> the front office, like. Do you think there will be adjustments made come playoff time where these guys get brought up? Or do you think we're gonna have we're just gonna go in the playoffs with what we got and just kind of keep it rolling and hope for the best? If they don't, the entire front office should lose their job. If Ron Marinaccio is not on your playoff roster and he's healthy, you you can't that's inexcusable. That can't happen. That cannot I mean, it doesn't Dude, even Clark Schmidt, season. like he deserves to be up here and, and be pitching. Did you see that video of him? Perfect inning. Yeah, I was about to say, did you just see? He was he was just fucking. It, it wasn't even fair. That curveball, I mean, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, six perfect. He just doesn't deserve to be in in the in the minors. He's a major league pitcher. He has but also, yeah, he's he just a man amongst players. He just he's such a uh a jackknife in the bullpen. He can he can get out of a jam, he can throw six innings plus if you need him to. Having a guy like that who can go that length in the in the bullpen in the playoffs is so fucking valuable. I mean, he also yeah, could what, be a full blown need, in the you, rotation in the backside exactly. if you want him to be. I mean, well, that's what I was just going to get at. Is obviously Tyone is probably going to be on the playoff roster, but I give me one start. reason that Clark Schmidt shouldn't be that guy. If you're if yeah. you're rolling out three guys, right? You're rolling out Montas, Cole, and Nestor. Maybe Sevy if he comes back and you want the fourth. Why wouldn't you want Clark Schmidt to be that? pseudo fifth arm because he can come out of the bullpen or he could start a game and give you four. He could do any number of things. And Nestor is in the same boat too, but yeah. And I mean, in the playoffs, you're not going to have that pseudo fifth guy making starts, but I would like to see that right now from here to the end of September to at least get starts. And then in the playoffs, he's totally that guy who, and maybe that alters my opinion on where I would slot him in if he came up right now, because if you're, if you're going to end up using him, in the bullpen as just a jackknife kind of guy, maybe you just slot. Maybe he, you make sure he gets those specific type of reps if he if he came up like now versus giving him that that five spot. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I didn't mean like an actual five spot, but you, you know, I know. I'm just saying. What would what would you rather have? Yeah. Yeah. What would you rather have him do? Give him the exact scenario that he's probably going to pitch in the playoffs as, out of the bullpen, or have him be a, a starter? If you came up today, well, in my mind, the reason they sent him down was to stretch him out so he could come back as a starter. But it doesn't really seem like that's going to happen anymore. So I don't know. Well, what do you? Yeah, the thing with that is, what do you do with Domingo? I mean, you put him in the bullpen. I don't trust yeah. Domingo Armand in the bullpen. No, I don't either. But I don't know. He might be a better option than we have right now. Unfortunately, I think we need to talk about Clay Holmes because that is something that I mean. Obviously, we all expected a little regression, but holy, that fuck, was dude. that was one of the bigger one eighties I've seen in my life. I mean, he is just fully imploded. Like, I don't feel confident that he can get a single out while he's out there. Which yeah, it's it, like it, he's got the yips. It's got to be the yips. I don't know. As soon as he was being considered to close out games for us. He just like, it was like the, uh, what the pumpkin and Cinderella, like it's Chuck midnight. And he just like forgot how to pitch and just completely turned around and is now useless. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in recent years from someone who went from being that dominant to not being able to get it out. It's, it's absolutely insane. I mean, while he's doing that, Chapman's just, 
tossing out no walk strikeout scoreless innings what's going to happen is he's going to end up working his way back to that ninth and then we're just going to end up in the same spot over and over and over we need a real fucking closer is what we need but here's the thing that is not the closer anymore Britain is not a closer and he'll be back soon enough but he's not your closer we know that we've seen it he's going to replace the person right now like I wouldn't did you say Lucas Lickie no I'm saying Britain's just going to come back and replace Lickie as that left oh I thought you said that fucking I thought you no, were no, no. Clay Holmes is Lucas like or somebody like that. But no. I don't or Zach Brennan. Whatever. You know what I fucking mean. But I don't know. Like uh, it's this is a problem that extends more than just this season is that Chapman's gone after this year. Britain's gone after this year. Fucking, you know, goodbye to both of them. Good riddance. Sorry you got hurt, Britain, but I don't want either of them touching the bullpen next year, and I sure as fuck don't want them to be making a combined thirty million touching my bullpen. Or potentially more. I think they might be making more than that. So, uh, guys that I want to see up there, you know, Ron Marinaccio, I want to see him get a shot. I want to see just, I don't know, that's the first one that comes to mind. I can't even think of anybody else right now. I mean, Clay Holmes, maybe. Lewisga, maybe if he can figure it out again. I That's a guy that could get sent down, and that wouldn't really make me lose any sleep. You sent Chad Green down after he was, you know, the playoff hero in 2017, and it fixed him for you know, relatively speaking, he came out and had a pretty dominant back half of that year. Do the same with Jonathan Loisga. Just do something, I guess. But that's a whole separate conversation that we already had. But the thing is, the closer down the road, I don't know where you're going to go with that. And that worries me. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, there's tons of question marks with Judge and everything like that. But what do you do, not just this October, but what do you do next year? Who who do you trot out as your closer? Because I don't have a fucking clue. I don't feel confident in anybody in that road to, or anybody in that bullpen right now to close out a game. Yeah. Scott I mean, Efros, Lou Trevino. I don't, who? There's I, a bunch of like almost like a bunch of eighth inning guys who have kind of been there, whatever, yep, but there's no bona fide closer. I think that what needs to happen is, well, I hope, I hope this happens is we start giving Clay Holmes the innings that he had previously where he was so dominant. So not closing out games, but maybe some of those other, I mean, we can't even put him in high leverage spots right now, but I don't know. Maybe he can work his way back up to that because he, he was so dominant and he does have the stuff. So hopefully he can work back. He can work that back up. And we said this before, like if, if chat, if there's a world where Chapman and Holmes are both (laughs) doing well, that is an unstoppable one, two, punch in the bullpen but it doesn't seem like we have had the opportunity ever for those two people to line up and that's the most frustrating thing ever it's like we have all this talent in the bullpen i feel like loisaga chapman clay holmes just those three guys in general those all those guys have been dominant at one point either this season or last season and it sucks that they have never kind of all aligned because if they were all aligning, then this bullpen would be lights out and it's more frustrating than anything to watch. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, the closer role is just going to be, as Murph said earlier, it's just going to be one of those things where we just kind of take it as the game goes, which is not the right way to go about things, but I don't know what to do up until that point and probably just like ride the hot hand when the playoff comes. I hate that. Which is terrible to say. Me. Which is terrible to say. That terrifies me to ride the hot hand when the playoffs come because then it's just like you're basically going to throw a guy out there that has no experience in closing, let alone in the playoffs, and now you're just going to be 
for all I know, Wandy Wandy could be closing games out in the World Series. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say we we should have mentioned Wandy in there because he might be one of those guys that's gonna be in this. He's done before closing carousel. Yeah, he's got a couple saves, whatever. But in the playoffs, nobody's been in that situation except for Chapman and Britain. I guess if he comes back, Chapman's done great in those spots. Yeah, what, what was that? Not like <laughs> what was that stat you said, Murph, about the most people who have saves? Oh yeah, um, it. I could be getting this a little bit wrong. I didn't get like a picture of it in time or anything. But during the broadcast on Sunday, it came up on the screen that the Yankees have had ten different relief pitchers record a save this year, and that is the most in franchise history in a single season. It could have been like pitch in a safe situation, but I'm like 95% sure that it was actually record a save. And I'm sure I can check that, but e- either way, that's a ridiculous stat. And yeah, that that's way. not what you want to see. out have a, a potential world series team. <laughs> just not just throwing anybody out there to close the game out. I, I I'm going to be, uh, I can't even imagine what stress level I'm going to be at when that situation comes into play. All if right, we're, if we're, we're even lucky to run. get to that situation. So at least we score a lot of runs, so the bullpen won't really be a factor come October. All right, so I was right, and it is 10. It's Holmes, Chapman, Schmidt, Peralta, Manny Benuelos, Ryan <laughs> Weber, Lucas Lickey, Chad Green, Michael King, and Scott Efros. But you got to figure All too, like Manny Benuelos. And like, like four of those guys like aren't even playing well, on the like team a, right now. Some of these are also like 10-1 saves where it's through three innings and that automatically counts as a save. So keep that in mind. Like, that's what Manny Benuelos was. But, uh, fuck, I was going to say something, but I forgot. So, somebody That's else all right, buddy. Something. Thanks. Long story oh, short, the bullpen. Trevino. Okay, go for it. Lou Trevino looks actually really oh, fucking yeah. good. He does. He's, he's, really, he's really been a closer before, so. Right, he's exactly. Nasty. Well, he, that's the thing. He was never bad. Like, this year, his numbers were bad, but it's not like he lost sharpness or anything like that. He just couldn't throw a fucking strike. He's throwing strikes here. It looks like he's throwing fucking ping pong balls up there. It's awesome. So, I'm fairly certain he hasn't allowed a run since he he's been with us. I think he's only allowed one inherited runner. And other than that, he's been pretty fucking lights out. And I really like to see when he comes on there, I feel very confident. Like, probably out of everybody in our bullpen right now, probably the most confident in him like actually thinking about it like who who else walks wandy. out of, well wandy other than wandy but we all know that wandy is on his own tier of just being fucking amazing but yeah i'm pretty confident in efros as well but yeah i think those are the three yeah are we efros doing is, an are we doing an impromptu he, trust tree <laughs> we can efros, dude, he gets i don't think there is a trust tree i've kind just, of talked about it it's a lack of trust tree it's yeah, it's, it's literally wandy, wandy you know, 50 feet of shit, and then, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you Everybody what, Ron else. Marinaccio would be first or second on that list. Ron Marinaccio is my first. <sighs> make it make sense, Murph. Can't. Why do you care Can't more about options than winning? The, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It makes no sense. The Braves have got all their young guys up just fucking hitting home runs and being exciting and We've got guys that are bad people off the field that are starting <laughs> games. That, yeah, that, uh, all kinds of shit. Like ineffective, not nice people. Just, you know what? You take the spot because if we DFA you, we lose you. Like, who cares? And to make uh, make things more fun, uh, next week we're going to be facing DeGrom 
and Scherzer. So that ought to be. I haven't looked at the Yankee starters, but I mean, pencil in Domingo Herman against uh, against Degrom, and probably like uh, some kind of I don't know, probably Tyone against. Scherzer or something like that, and then yeah, just chalk those up as losses and let's uh, move on. Do we have the probable starters on our side? I'm, I'm trying to pull them up right now, but Cole, they haven't even Lester, announced against Herman. Fuck, then we probably uh, Montas. Oh shit! Hold on. Uh-huh. Speaking of Montas, Montas looks better. Yeah, yeah it'll it'll probably pretty, be, pretty good. Probably be Montas and Cole actually. Oh really? I just feel like every time we face a an ace, especially fa- when we face the Mets, it seems like they get their best guy, and we get Domingo. Or like not not even just the Mets, like like the Field of Dreams game. We talked about it all the time, like Andrew Heaney starting the Field of Dreams game. We just all the big market Sorry. games, the marquee matchups. We just don't have anybody cool pitching. Dude, According to ESPN's about- projections, it's going to be. Herman versus Scherzer and Montas versus Degrom. The Montas versus Degrom isn't isn't bad. Oh, I mean, I, I just, it would be it'd be fun to just have a Cole start in there instead of Degrom just going to play around with us. If and we then... run the team out that we're running out right now, it doesn't fucking matter. They're going to throw eighteen perfect innings and we're going <laughs> to call it a day. Like, no, I mean, did you see that thing that Degrom? I think it's like in two hundred career games, he's given up one or zero runs at ninety eight of them. Yeah, it was something stupid. Did you also like see something that was like he's thrown fifty eight pitches? Uh, 50, he's, he's got fifty five swing and misses, and he's thrown like fifty three balls. Yeah, since, <laughs> since he's been back, he's so fucking desperate. Oh, it's want to talk about anything else? Or you want to end it here because it's just not fun to talk about this team. Andrew Benintendi looks good. That's he's cool. cool. That diving yeah, catch he made and left was fun. That was Am fun. He's not hitting that well, though, right? Yeah, he's. Mm. Hitting, I know we have him last. He's hitting three hundred on the dot since his first series, with five. Since doubles. his first series, yeah. Oh, that's good. There you go. I mean, he, he's he's playing a great left field. I think I said that last night. Like he, he he's hitting well too. He's just yeah yeah that, that diving catch. He's striking out a little bit though, which you know. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's nitpicking. I thought that was fun to see that diving catch in left field at Fenway. I thought that was uh just chalk yeah, that, that was... chalk that up to things you never thought you'd see. In a Yankee uniform, him <laughs> making a dive and catch against it, us. It was and, just an immediate flashback to like the first time yeah. I saw Ellsbury play at Fenway. It was kind of the same deal. Yeah. Terry but again, a towel giveaway night at Yankee Stadium tonight. Is it? Gonna yeah. miss that one. Yeah, we're not going to get there in time for that. I don't really care if I get a Harry Potter beach towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Harry Potter. Damn. It's uh, Susan Waldman and then uh, John Sterling bobblehead night on Friday. That's sick. Ooh, yeah, Someone yeah. I do please want to go. grab me a Susan Waldman bobblehead. I will Dude, give Murph, you all of the money in my every game. time. Every time you say that, I know I haven't. I haven't gotten there, a bobblehead. We yet. have every single time they do a giveaway. Murph asks us to get him one. And for those of you who have been to Yankee games, you know that the security guards passing them out don't just willy nilly, willy nilly, just give you like five. Like, oh, my friend, and you know. Like well, if you're a real friend, you would give me yours. But that's. <laughs> I want one too. <laughs> Sorry, you can come up to Glens Falls for John Smoltz bobblehead night whenever that is. <laughs> you couldn't. You could give me a John Smoltz bobblehead, and I would throw it away. <laughs> yeah, he fuck that guy. I can't. He was a uh, Glens Falls Tigers alumni. Was he? Yeah, yes, they used to have Glenn's the Tigers, Tigers Double A team up here, and uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I guess we are now the biggest anti-Glens Falls Tigers podcast on the planet. Ooh, Locke robbed a home run. That was something cool. That was cool. Yes, he did. And uh, what's his name? Duran, I think, got player of the week. Somebody did. Yeah, minor leaguers are really good. Imagine if we ever uh, had some on the major league roster. Let's call, day, let's call a block one day when everyone else is gone. Oh, uh, Walker Bueller's out for the year. Don't know if you guys saw that yet. I yeah, I just saw that. that. It was a little He's while ago. But team, so that's something. That's cool. This is fun. Let's talk about other teams. <laughs> yeah, other teams are a lot more fun. Yeah. The Dodgers covered the run line in 12 straight games. Yeah, they that's lost absurd. last night, though, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. Do you see they're starting to, they're starting to like compare uh, Edwin Diaz's oh, season to Moe's 2005 season when he came in second in the Cy Young? And it's, it's actually... Like the stats are pretty, pretty nasty. Like it's it's a fair comparison. Like you look at the ERA, the, but it's it's great. The K's per nine are ridiculous. He has like seventeen K's per nine. Here's your fun betting stat for the week. If you bet a hundred dollars against the Yankees in August on every single game, you would be up seven hundred and seventy-one dollars. <laughs> Presented by Underdog Fantasy. <laughs> uh, Bet against the Yankees and get a bigger payout. And talk about it in the chalkboard group chat. Link in the description. These next, I, I'm going to say this right now. You, you know, we have a ten-game lead, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm not worried at all. Whatever. If you go out and you play another, nobody's six, not worried at all. Well, you, you know, people are like, oh, it's ten games up. Like, you know, this no, is, no one's no, saying no, that. I, I said, I said, it's, it's more of a, it's more. Not I know, you. but I feel like everybody else too. It's more of a timid, like. Yeah, it's still ten games. Like, like they can't fuck that up, can they? And then they game season. We're playing the Rays and the Blue Jays. If you go out there and play like you have been, you're gonna go one and six or zero oh and seven against them. If you do that, there goes your lead. This week right here is massive. I would say to date, this is the most important week of the season so far. Yeah, if this yeah. if this lead gets gets to after this week, somehow some way gets down to like six, then yeah, we then we have, then we have a problem. Things can go horribly wrong this week. If we get swept by the Blue Jays, it's down to six. Yeah. Well, That's bad. There's a very good possibility that our lead is five games or less at the end of this week. And that's a big problem. Yeah, but you could say that about any series. Like if you get swept, like if we swept, sweep them, then we're up to 13. Yeah, but so. that's all things equal. That Right now, we're running out of AAA team and not the good AAA players, and we're playing like shit, and we can't close games. Right now, this team's doing nothing right outside of Judge and DJ, but he's dead. It is so. fun to to just do, watch the Judge thing. Like that, That's the thing that keeps me watching every night, honestly. Like Ben Attendee making diving gadgets and Judge hitting home runs is, is the fun thing to watch. And then watching to see if the new guys will be better. And they are. It's a big, big start for Cole, too. Yeah. I don't know if this is anything actually worth talking about, but I saw it. I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, do you think Judge wants to stay? You know, he's been here six years. The Yankees barely give him help in free agency. They, in his eyes, lowballed him in free agency, then embarrassed him in public by taking the negotiations and, you know, putting him out there. And then he's carrying the team right now, and they just, like, refuse to call anybody up or anything. So, I, just somebody else's tweet, don't shoot the messenger. I just thought it was interesting because, like, oh, shit, well, you know, that's not that far off. It's definitely interesting. Um, I wouldn't want to be here. I don't want to even talk about it right now. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to talk about the Yankees, so I don't, I don't blame him for not, not wanting to be here. It's not like, I don't know, it's not like the, the best place to be at the current moment, but I think the tides will turn in. <laughs> I, I, I think they will, 
I know I famously say they'll just flip a switch. I think that'll happen in the next two weeks. Yeah. It, on against two. I, I think this is I the don't lowest know. I'm point. just saying we are at the lowest point, right? And I think by September first, I think the flip mark my words, the flip will switch. No there's no reason for me saying that. I'm just saying. I think that's when it's going to be. It's a gut test. We were saying that last week. First series win against an ALE. Yeah, I just said lowest point in the season. Can't go down from here. Certainly can, but we can't. And um, September 1st, mark your calendar. Boils down to this series because there's no way that we're going to get embarrassed by the Rays and then suddenly figure it out against the Blue Jays or the Mets. So if they're going to do anything significant in the next two weeks, it starts with the race series. Yeah. I mean, we have historically played like up to competition. Have we? Yeah. Mm. I mean, we usually play, <laughs> we usually play to the uh, competitors skill set. That hasn't been the case in the playoffs. Well, all right. You're taking four games based off an entire, whatever we, during the regular season, I feel like we usually do that. And we talked about that before. So I don't know. What do we play in September? For? Honestly, I, I truly believe the way we're playing right now, like you mentioned, next three weeks or the next two series, we'll find out what happens with this team. I think we're going to either we're going to lose these series, not get swept, but we're going to lose games. Uh, we're we're going to lose ground, but it's going to be a playoff race. And I think September first is still going to be that time where we flip the switch, and that will be. There's the athletics after that. We'll probably the split that series, and then. We have the Angels, August 29th. Is that still? So September September 1st against the, the top. Oh, wait, no, 2nd. we don't play September 1st. Yeah, September 2nd September against the Rays. September 2nd, we play the Rays. So season next starts series, then. we play the Rays, then. Yeah, right. season starts then. And the Jets play. And, and by that point, September starts. 2nd, it, I think we'll have like a, a four-game lead, and then we're going to go on a tear. If we have a four-game lead on September 2nd, things have gone horribly wrong. Or just continue to go the way they currently are going. Which is horribly wrong. Yeah. Please don't tell me that's going to happen. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but I, I kind of do a little bit sometimes. When I, I called the Darren O'Day signing, so. And David Bednar won. And- <laughs> yeah, that one went really well. Marte and- that one was just because I wanted him to be on the Yankees. Mike but Ford being better than Luke Voigt. We'll look at Luke Voigt now. He's just so Good sad. Now. He's so sad on the Nationals right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would be. All right. Want to go to the game? Yeah. Sure. All right. See you guys later. Let's go watch them lose. Oh, for you guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.